everyone, welcome to this week's Authority Hacker Podcast episode. When we recently polled our audience, one of the main things that you guys asked more of is case studies and people who actually run authority sites. So today, we oblige and I am interviewing Paul Liberatore from golfersauthority.com on his journey, how he got started, etc. And spoiler alert, Paul is still a lawyer and he's still running his day job on top of running his authority site, but from his own words, he's already making six figures from his site and he's making more money with his site than he's making as a lawyer. So I would not be so surprised to see him do the transition in the next few years. But I really wanted to go back to the beginning of his journey and how he never ever built a website before and what steps he took to get to where he is today, his struggle and his advice to the people that want to do the same thing as him. I also put a specific focus on how Paul built relationships in this interview because I think he's done a really, really good job connecting with people who are doing well in this industry and getting mentors. And I think all of that helped him grow much faster than he would have if he didn't do that. And I know a lot of you guys could be using some of that. So I wanted to talk a lot about this with him and I think I got some quite interesting answers. Before we get going with the interview, you know what I'm going to ask though. If you want to take two seconds and click on the subscribe button below and give us a thumb up on YouTube, it's going to help us a lot with ranking higher and getting more people joining the podcast, which, you know, helps us quite a bit. So if you enjoy these kind of episodes and interviews, etc., don't hesitate to do that. And now without further ado, let's get started with the interview. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, so welcome to the podcast. Today we have Paul from Gophers Authority, who has been an Authority Hacker Pro member for a while. And I know a lot of you guys were asking me to see real stories of people just doing authority sites and see what happened to them, how they got started, etc. I thought Paul was a really good example of that. So Paul, thank you for coming on the podcast and taking the time to share your experience with us. Welcome. You can Thanks, answer now. Thanks, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I can I can hear the excitement. <laughs> I can I can definitely hear. Let's just let's just, just tell the people you. what happened. Last week we were supposed to record that podcast and we ended tell up talking. Them, let's go back in time. We just we ended up talking for two hours and actually didn't do the podcast. So More this time more. I told him I'm not. We did like two and a half hours and you're like I'm hungry and marks and marks in town. So but that's why we. Ended I want to go back to your site though. That's why we're quite familiar with each other. By the way, people are like wondering how I'm treating the guests. I want to go back to your site and I want to ask you when you started go for the talk and why you chose golf. I started my website January 1st, 2018. Uh I knew nothing about building websites, 0.0, and nothing about SEO. And what happened was I actually found you guys on a podcast because I was trying to learn it earlier that summer, just basic stuff. And I found the podcast and I listened to it. And I like, that was like in the summer of 17. And I was like hooked pretty much. And what happened was really funny. I remember when you guys had that launch. That was like the launch from hell. You remember that? Where like yeah, yeah, everything was broke. working I right. I know which one but but see, I didn't realize that because you did it perfectly. You're like on the because your landing page was working and all that. So I bought Authority Hacker. No, I bought TAS. Uh-huh. And then like two, three weeks later, you opened up Pro for the first time in like a year because it was like the second yeah, iteration. Even two years. I think that's the time when we just started doing it again, actually. We had a post for two years. Yeah. And then I like, so I did TAS really fast, right? Like, TAS was awesome. Did you actually build your site? Like, when you wanted TAS. But, like, uh, first of all, yeah, that was the V1 of TAS. But did you actually build your site or did you just jump right away into a Toy Hacker Pro? Just to give some context, by the way, TAS is our beginning site. No, no, I started, I did TAS completely through it. That's what I did. So you built the site. Like, you had to build your site. Yeah, your site was built. 
Oh yeah, it was rough. It was really bad. I mean, like <laughs> I did the very first time. I, mean, I followed everything to the T that you guys had taught, right? Like where to buy the domain and mm-hmm. uh, you know use a Thrive Architect. Like I did every I did article that, yeah. on Thrive Architect. That was what you guys were doing. So like I did that. I really didn't. Start How much do you the hate me for that for that advice now for this Thrive Architect advice? No, I don't care because uh, you know why it got me started. I learned a lot about page that's, builders. That's exactly what and I tell to people. Like people, a lot of people hate on Thrive, but I'm like, you know, how many of you made your first dollars because that tool existed and you could build me? a proper site when you couldn't do it before? So yeah. So anyway, you I, built I your think I site. only had about 50 articles in maybe when mm-hmm. you guys were like, Thrive sucks. You know what I mean? Like you guys need to get off of it. Like uh, yeah. Well, not you guys were saying that, but as everyone started complaining about it, yeah. I noticed how like heavy it was. Yeah, at the time. So then I talked to other people in the group and everyone's like, just do basic. Actually, it was Kevin who told me, he's like, you just need to do basic mm-hmm. HTML. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, I was all scared. I was like, I don't know about that. He's like, it'll Can save I you so much back? time in publishing. I, was, I just want to go back to a second. Sure. Before we talk about the tech, I want to talk about the niche selection because you, you have a site about golf. Why did you select golf? Did you actually follow the niche research or was there like other reasons where you picked golf? And did you play golf before? Etc.? Yes. So two things. One... I've been like I'm not a professional golfer, mm-hmm. but I'm actually a lawyer, and like I golf. That's it, right? So uh, when you said, I remember when the first thing they learned task was pick a niche that you know something about that you enjoy doing, and when it's two o'clock in the morning and you have to figure something out, that you're not going to be like screw it. Like literally, yeah. I remember you saying that in one of the videos, and so I was like, okay, I got to find something that I like and know about. And my father actually invented. And had a couple of golf training aids mm-hmm. back in the late nineties that he was selling. And so like, here's a throwback right here. So like I helped my dad in like 2000, like early internet days, try to sell a golf training aid. And back then there was only magazines. Yeah, yeah. So it's really funny because what we do now when it comes to outreach, you know, with, uh, for link building, it's the same thing I was doing 20 years ago, reaching out to editors at golf magazines to see whether or not they would use this. It's like, cold calling yep. and that's how he grew his brand so i had a little taste of it and we still have the company now actually it's mine but that's kind of why i chose it because i already knew a lot about it i've been in that industry kind of mm-hmm. you know and i live out in arizona and it's like golf year did you like so do the proper that's why did you golf. check all the metrics etc before you picked it or you just went with your heart here a little bit yeah i checked in check all the metrics mm-hmm. so i chose golf like early on so i'm like I had to pick. I wanted to try. Golf. Okay, yeah, so you kind of had your heart set on it, but you still it. followed the process, kind of trying to validate it with the process. But you kind of wanted to do it, basically. Yes, exactly. So I'm like, well, what's the, you know? I use the key question you asked, mm-hmm. right? Like about picking a niche after doing the research, and I was like, it has to be something I actually enjoy yep. doing, right? So that's why I chose it for my first. Okay. Launch. But then I didn't really. It took me four months, three months of keyword research, like literally from about October to December, all I did was keyword research like crazy. It's all I did because I want to learn everything I possibly could about it. I learned, you know, I was trying to learn Ahrefs and I was trying to learn about keyword research and, you know, I even looked at, uh, what's that called? The keyword golden rule uh, stuff. Ratio, yeah. Yeah. You know, Did you, yeah. looking back now, looking, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, you look back that. at that so, time now, do you feel like you tried to like Overanalyze before you got started? Like, shouldn't you have started earlier rather than spend three months doing keyword research? Or are you happy with these three months you spend doing keyword research? I think looking back, well, now I know what to do, right? If I ever built a second site. 
But like looking back, like it's also kind of scary. It's like, you know, cause it's easy to do keyword research and like figure it out and be real analytical. But I, you know, what I wanted to see when I started out was how big is this mm. niche and who were the players, right? It was more than just keyword research. Yeah, I wanted, like I, mapping out the niche. Know, yeah, like I wanted to be like, okay. I mean, I think I had over a hundred different other websites that were doing, and I knew nothing. I didn't know what the scope was, right? I knew about the sport, but I didn't know the scope of brands. I didn't know like who was who. And I don't know. I think that helped a lot, but also it's the scariness too. When you start writing articles, yeah. it's, like, it's easy to do a bunch of keyword research. Like that's simple, right? And when we look back, but like the actual writing of the articles. Did like, you, did you write articles like, yourself at the beginning? Me. Yeah. yeah. So I did the I exact same thing you guys told us to do. Yeah, the first 10 articles, right? You have to. Yeah, yeah but for, I think, what I did Do you think it's a good first... rule? Looking back, do you, are you happy with that rule? Yeah, do you think it's a you good have idea? To. You it... have to. Yeah. 100% you have to. People, I mean, unless you know what you're doing, right? If you're a newbie, you definitely need to. I wrote the first 50 articles myself. And wow. going through that process, I wrote one a day for 50 days. Like, that's, that's how crazy I was. good effort. That's a good effort, actually. And then what happened was, because I was testing the stuff out. I was getting it. I was hitting it. I was playing with it. I already had some of them. So that helped out a lot. And I have a friend who owned a golf store. So I could get whatever I wanted to try out. So like I was already getting the stuff and playing with it. The thing was, though, it takes a long time to write an article, man. It takes like, yep. it takes like four hours. <laughs> and, that was a sh- and that was like short. That was a like 1,500-word article, you know? I was gonna going to say, I'm writing, I'm writing a blog post right now for Autohacker that's 8,000 words. I'm on it for like two weeks, you know? Like uh, not on oh and off, God. you know, but like I, I am on this for two weeks. We like examples and research, et cetera. So, yeah, writing takes a really long yeah, time. Yeah, like, and it's crazy, you know, because it took a long time but what happened was my kids i have two little boys like they started uh-huh. they play sports like and they're doing little league so like i had less and less time than four hours at night to write my article so i was like well i need to outsource i need some other people that were like-minded like myself that were golfers that wanted to how did you manage write, your time really? like how did you because you're a lawyer you are starting your website and you have kids so how did you managed to write 50 articles and manage your time. Like how much were you working in a day, et cetera, when you got started? Lots, lots of cocaine. Um, <laughs> okay, we're going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> joke. Um, I don't know. I think it was a lot. I don't even know. Like everyone asks, like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't even freaking know. Like I'm a busy yeah. body. So I guess like that's kind of how I did it. Now I feel like I'm, I manage more and mm-hmm. I manage relationships with brands. Because I worked with a lot of brands at this point. We'll, we'll go into that um, after. I want to go, like, I just want to go to the beginning now. And then after, we're going to talk about the cool stuff. Yeah, now, no actually. worries. Yeah. Uh, when you start a site, I feel like there's kind of like an initial sprint you need to make so that things get rolling, you know? And after that, you can kind of like roll back a bit. But it's like that initial push, if you don't do it properly, your site never gets off the ground, I feel. And then you just give up before it's actually never will. like something. So, uh, yeah. Let's just jump into the site setup, though, because you were talking about that about you know, the Thrive, et cetera. You've never built a website before that, right? You've never done never. it. Never. I mean, I've I'd managed like other people building a website for like, you know, my company okay, or yeah. something like that, you know, but it wasn't like building your own, right? And what I wanted to do also as part of this is I wanted to learn not only the SEO, but like I didn't want to rely on somebody else all the time when things broke, right? Because I'd been in that position too. Where it's I like, agree. Now what do I do? Oh, I got to hire this dude that never calls me back. You know, I hate when like parts of the business, I just can't touch it because I don't know technically how to do that. It's like, it's something I hate. So 
And you can ask Mark. I do a bit of everything, right? I can do, I, like, you know, the designer is not around. I do the thumbnail for the podcast or whatever. Or like, the, you know, yesterday I was literally writing, you know, scripts to pull API data for like something that broke for the business, etc. So I get, I can kind of hang out. I'm not great at all these things, but I can do a bit of everything. But I can understand how, you know, I hate this powerless feeling of like not being able to do some things that you literally are part of core part of how you make money. I hate this idea. I know I'm wrong. I know many people would disagree like, oh, you should outsource, etc. I do outsource, but what it allows me to do is allow me, you know, when I talk to our front end dev, you know, it's like, you know, we can talk about like what he should do to optimize the JavaScript or something and actually have a discussion and like all this stuff, etc. Which people who are, don't learn the technicality of things can't necessarily do and often just get like lower quality work done by people, etc. So I feel I feel it helps a bit. But anyway, to go back to the question, how was it to, to build your first site ever? And what were the biggest challenges for you? My very first site was built on newspaper theme. <laughs> I bought a okay. theme on... Great uh, choice. Whatever. Theme Forest? Yeah, Theme Isle or something. Yeah. Uh, but I think I remember heard somewhere like, oh, these are good themes. And I like, you know, this is like, I do nothing. So I got the newspaper theme on, I think it was version 8 or something on I Theme see. Isle. Yeah, yeah. So that was my site. And then my articles were all built on Thrive Architect. Like that's, you know, I try to, I think I looked at Authority Hacker site, like how your page time, structure yeah. was, you know, at the time. And then I looked at like what was being taught in tasks and I'm like, oh, that's how you build a page. You know, like yeah. I wanted to know everything. You know what I mean? Like I wanted, like I needed the groundwork. Okay. So that's kind of like, that was the V1. But like that was, so the first article was actually published on January 1st. That was 2018. Okay. I didn't pre-write them or anything. I had a list. By that point I had a oh, list. That was your January 1st New Year's resolution? You just tied the year. You're like, yeah, okay, pretty much. This. I was like, I'm going to start this. My wife's like, you're crazy. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's and do this. When you started with the golf niche, I mean, one thing that people will see if they put a lot of golf keywords in Google Trends is that it's a very seasonal niche. So like you yeah, have a season time. where a lot of people buy and like there's a lot of traffic to your site and a season where it kind of goes down during the winter, it's kind of like half dead, etc. Did you realize that when you started in this niche or did you realize later? No, I knew nothing. Like I thought, okay. oh, I mean, and being in Arizona, it's like we, we golf year round. So yeah, it wasn't <laughs> okay, like, yeah. You know, so it wasn't like I was expecting it. <laughs> After the first year, I was like, whoa, that's a big difference. You know, the difference between the December is a lot different than May, you know, like in traffic. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I mean, you get a bit so of a spike, kind of I guess, I around Black Friday or something, but that's about it. A little bit. No one's really buying golf equipment, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Actually, you see a big t- uptick between New Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's it. Yeah, so I guess The worst day like- of the year... Is December is actually Christmas Day. Like it's like yeah. my traffic was like almost zero. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? And after that starts going right back up. Yeah, that's when people start singing about golf again. So let's go back to the story. How did your first year go? Like what happened during your first year with the site? And where did you land in terms of traffic, revenue, et cetera, after one year, basically? So I would say by June of eighteen, so I was like six months into it. I think I had probably a hundred articles at that point because I had a writer that was wow. helping me and myself. But I was a dumbass, and <laughs> I thought, here's rule number one, what I learned. Don't do a bunch of single reviews. That's what I thought, right? Because I did, like, mm. of my 100 articles, like, probably 90 of them were single reviews, five were, like, you know, tips tips and stuff, you know, like, info content, and five were buyer guides. So, like, you're yeah. not going to make any money on single reviews. Like, that's what I, think I learned. He, I think you do Which now you're, like, ads. six months in. I think you do with ads. It's kind of like uh, these are yeah, my maybe. opinion on single yeah, reviews. It's like, you know, you can find like some high traffic, low competition keywords. The, comp- the conversion rate is usually much lower than, than roundup reviews. 
um but because the traffic's sometimes good, it's easy, maybe? Yeah, yeah exactly sometimes it's like for something popular the traffic's quite good and if you you know mix a little bit of a fit revenue with ads it's not terrible basically it's not it's not a bad piece of content to write compared to like a pure informational piece for example you know but i think like starting out though it's very disheartening when you're yeah. like making no money and you're like i have all these articles and i'm getting traffic because you know i think Fair by enough. june well here's what happened so in june i met kevin Spiritu, which everybody knows in the group, he's my mentor. Like he's been mentoring me. He's a big age pro member. He's a friend of mine as well. I know him for. You know, he was an account manager for our agency before we even started Toyo Hacker, etc. That's so crazy. Like, so we, I know, I know Kevin for pretty much ten years at this point, almost. So yeah, he. So you met him, and yeah. Happened? So like, I saw him in the group. I saw he was in San Diego, and uh-huh. uh, I live in Phoenix. So I, I am dumb, and I was like, hey, my family are going to San Diego. It'd be really cool to have coffee, right? And so he's like, yeah, for sure. Which, then I was like super excited because Kevin was like, I don't know, one of the gods he's, in the age program. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. This is before, like, now he's like stratosphere. Yeah, now so, no, he's Jimmy Oliver of gardening. Yeah. And like, so I thought it was really cool he would be willing to meet with me. Okay, so here's my, so this is hilarious. So I go to San Diego with my family. I tell my wife, hey, I'm going to go meet this guy for coffee. And she's like, why? Uh-huh. So I go and I meet him at this coffee place. And he's like, I'll give you an hour. Um, and we'll talk. And I brought my laptop. I was all excited. And I show him my site. And for the next three hours, he ripped it apart. <laughs> like he ripped it apart. Like telling me everything. I thought I, I thought I had a good website, right? Like for reals. I was like all excited. And I showed him. He's like, no, this is crap. Like he was like, tell me all these problems I had. I didn't even know, you know? And I was like, holy. And so then I leave them all like, whoa. Like my mind was blown, right? So I'm driving back. To where my family is, and then like two it's hours. It's really nice later, of him right? to spend three hours with you helping. That's you a big deal. Like, that, like yeah. when he's only going to give me an hour, and he spends three hours. It wasn't like he was criticizing my site. He was actually like teaching he's me, just, like, "Hey, yeah. dude, yeah, yeah." You know what I mean? And that's that shows somebody actually cares about you, right? And you're we like, come oh, that's from really the nice same. You know, we, we both, both of us, we from we we met on the Wicked Fire forum, which is we used to be like a pretty active. I feel like marketing forum, and that used to be the vibe, right? You just like str- straight talk to people without, like, I mean, some people would get like mad or something, but like the core group of people we knew that was like, it was a, I know in the US, the culture is tends to be like a little bit nicer, et cetera. In Europe, we tend to be more like straight up telling people to their face what we really think. You know? <laughs> and Kevin, I feel he just, uh, he matches that as well. Like every time we talk or we chat, he, he has that. Um, that straight talk giving you hot feedback in a yes. nice way, pretty much. What you need, right? When you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was like my, I don't know, like aha moment, right? So like uh-huh. pretty much he just told me, he's like, if you want to do this for reals, this is what you need to do. Or you can do this as a little hobby. And, you know, he's like, <laughs> you got to get rid of the newspaper theme. And, but like, yep. he's just saying like, he's like, you look like every other website out there. And I was like, what the hell? And I was like, I am Mark Jenner. And I was like, I talked about Kevin Everett Spirit too. And, Here's how shitty my site is. Mark Jenner is another H Pro member. I just tried to give some context to people who listen. Yeah, you guys need to be an H Pro. That's the thing. These are all <laughs> the superstars of H Pro. And Mark Jenner is awesome. I love Mark Jenner too. He's helped me out a lot. So he's like, "That's really cool." I'm gonna tell you that. And then Mark Jenner's like, "Yeah, you need to get off the newspaper or whatever." And so, like two hours later, I text Kevin. I was like, "Hey, man, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it." Because he's busy, right? And you know, mm-hmm. and I asked him. I straight out. I was, I was like, "Hey." would you be willing to mentor me, right? Because that's what I've always felt like. If somebody's there to mentor you, then like you'll do really well, right? And just my life. It helps. Yeah, like they really care. 
And so he's like, well, I'm really busy. You know, I, I have my own brand and blah, 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 blah. And then like, seriously, like five minutes later, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> like it's like a text. I was like, so I'm like, oh my God. So I told my wife, my wife's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, you don't understand. This is a big deal. So like, that was the moment where I like went from making an affiliate site to like, I want to make this something into something really big. Yeah. Kevin um, is very much was like, in, he did a good job. He has a good spin on you. He has a, di- a bit of a different spin to like the core of what we teach Nate but it's definitely a successful one. So it's, it's, I can understand how you took that time talking to him. So by August of that year, so that was like, I like, so, so at that, that point, that's when you guys were coming off of Thrive and, and Kevin's like, mm-hmm. you need everything in, you know, uh, yep. HTML. So you need to fix your technical stuff, basically. You need to make your site later better, better technical base. Basically. Yeah, so that's when I got Elementor. That's when Elementor first came out, right? Because you guys were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was trying Elementor. And so, but by August, this is a big deal, I feel like. By August of that year so like two months later eight months in i was getting thirty five thousand people a month really nice so, that's pretty good like it's, in eight months you know like i have some that's sites like, i started eight months ago that get quite a bit less traffic than that so that's definitely a good success so i was like you know i was like holy crap this actually works now the first dollar i made was in july i made like twenty dollars and i was super excited like i was yeah. like oh my god because yeah. that's next book's milestone right the first dollar you make on your website for sure like, it's the best money you ever make online you can stop you can die now you know it's like it's, it's, yeah i was like i did what it makes you the happiest you know it was so funny so like i was we went to dinner one night me kyle roof and our wives how um, did you meet cal so because people know cal roof definitely he lives here so he kyle and i are so kyle i thought kyle was an age pro well here's the story uh-huh. jason he's, he's in a group as well age yeah. pro what's his last name jason malone uh, from ireland yeah yeah jason malone, um yeah. jason malone yeah so jason and i were friends too so i was like this is like two years ago jason's like hey you gotta check out this guy kyle Rook. like he's like off the level smart i was like who you know he's like just watch his youtube videos and he didn't have a lot back then right it was like some presentations he had done and then like i look i watched i was like holy crap and i was like who's this guy that's really cool so then i found out he lived in phoenix too and so one day mm-hmm. i was like I, so I am dumb. I know, right? Like, what are the odds? And so I was like, <laughs> seriously, seriously, right? So I was like, hey, and like he used to be a lawyer. His wife used to be a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. So like, I, I was like, hey, you know, we live. you live in Phoenix. I live where I live, you know, Tempe. And I'm like, it'd be really cool if you want to have lunch sometime. Because it's like not, it's hard finding other people that do what you do, you know? Yep. So, and I do this on the side. I was doing it on the side, right? So he's like, yeah, for sure. And then we ended up having lunch one day and we just like totally hit it off and we became friends. And then he was like, hey, he's like, I remember saying this. He's like, I had a really good time. Thanks for, you know, let's go to lunch, whatever. He's like, it's nice just to like have somebody normal to hang out with. Right. And like, not all like, oh, you're Kyle Roof, blah, blah, blah. And so he's like, do you want to. <laughs> I don't, I don't have like, that do problem, but. <laughs> I bet you do. If you go to like Chiang Mai and stuff. Right. So like, yeah. so then he goes, uh let's have dinner with our wives. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then my wife and his wife became really good friends. And then that's how we became, that's cool. We, we already, we became really good friends really quick. So one thing that I'm picking up from your story and just to cut off a little bit of the chronology here is that you are doing a really good job at connecting with people and getting mentors and people helping you out. I think a lot of people in this community would like to have this happen, but they don't really know how to approach it. So would you mind sharing how you quote unquote befriend people who are doing well in the industry and, you know, you know, get, get close enough to them that you get some help from them, basically. I just talk to them. I, just, I, I mean, I just want to, you know, I want to talk to them because I think they're interesting people. And I feel like in this world, like, 
we all have the common bonds on stuff, right? So like, so like, what would you tell an introvert? Like, it seems like you're good at talking to people, but let's say someone is introverted and kind of like struggles going towards people, which a lot of people in the industry in this industry are like. I guess you're like a lawyer. You're like used to talk to people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like, it's not the case for a lot of people who would be listening to this podcast. But I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast would love to find mentors like Kevin or help, like you know, get to know people like Carol, etc. Don't all go talk to Kevin and Carol, please. But I'm more talking about the concept. How would you think they should approach that? I think if you're, what helps me is by. It's reaching out, right? If you reach out, if they don't respond, then who cares, right? Like, How do you, oh, what do you well, say in your first message? Hi, I want to be your best friend. Uh, <laughs> be my friend. Love, Paul. Okay. No, I don't even know. <laughs> I just say, hey, heart, right? Heart emoji. <laughs> yeah, heart emoji, like a, like a <laughs> cucumber next to it. No, no. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know. I just reach out. I just send an email or like I IM them in the group and be like, Hey mm-hmm. man, you know, I love what you're doing or I have a, you know, I just, I don't, I'm not asking for anything. You know, like I, feel like I, I, see. I think that's them. a big one. Actually, don't, you don't start with like, can you help me? But you just start being like, Hey, I like what you do. I'd love to have a chat or something, something like this. No, and that's how I grew my brand. I've worked with like yeah. a lot of brands at this point. You can't be a taker. You have to be a giver. You know what I mean? Okay. And so that's kind of, what so I what, what, what do you give them? Or what do you mean, like with the brands? You tell me you have, you can't be a taker. You have people. to be a giver. Yeah, when you try to connect with them. <laughs> well, you just you just want to meet with them. Like it's not like you're asking for something, right? So like when it yeah, comes yeah. to people, you just you're not asking, right? Like so you're making low commitment say, to start with. It's very by both of us, right? I, I always saw yeah. dating, right? It's like you're dating. So it's like if you say, "Hey, let's have coffee," that's a date, right? Even though it's not, I know it's, not, it's like a real, it's a weird analogy. Yeah, but yeah. Like so, by the end of that. If they, number one, if they're even willing to meet with you, that's really cool, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. And then number two, if you, you just be yourself. And then it's like having a conversation with somebody. And by the end of it, if they're weird, then it's like you never talk to them again. And if they're like cool and you hit it off, you're like, hey, this guy's really cool. You know, and then that's how it works. Like that's So how when you approach people, does it does, does it work every time? Do you get to like get a good relationship no. with everyone? Or is it just like sometimes it hit, you hit it off and sometimes it doesn't work out pretty much? I think if people flake out or like... Uh-huh. You know, you just know, okay. like, I don't have time for that. Like, that's, you don't invest your time. You only invest your real self into people that are genuine. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm trying to, like, get how, like, people would take this away because I think you, it's like, if there's one thing you did better than average of people, of beginners, is surrounding yourself with people who are already successful and gave you, like, indications on what to do. Like, Kevin did that. I'm sure Cal did some of that as well. And I'm sure there's other people, like Mark Jenner as well. All these guys, I know them. I know they're doing well. I know they're the real deal, etc. And you, you well, did Same thing with job. you, though. You and Mark, yeah. right? Like, how'd you guys do it? Same thing, right? Yeah, like, how did you, like... You know how I do it? I'm, like, I'm quite introverted in real life. So that's why I was asking a question. But oh, you want to learn? <laughs> no, it's not that. So what I do, actually, is I, I befriend extroverted people who do the networking for me. And then through them, I meet everyone I want to meet without having to change my personality, you know? So it's like, there's a couple of what I call connector in my social circle that are these very extroverted people, et cetera. And then I make sure I provide a lot of value to them. And then these people go do all the networking for me and pretty much can introduce me to anyone I want. And so it sounds like calculated, but it's like it happens in a you know natural way. as you. It's natural people, but though, but it's like, exactly, like you had to open like, yourself up 
those people because they wouldn't have ever exactly. done it. You know what I and mean? And it's like, and it's like again, it's like I I do my best to also provide value to these people, right? And it's like, but what it allows me as an introverted person is to network with a lot of people without having to spend hours doing it or whatever. I just get to wherever I want through the shortest path, the shortest path by having a couple of really good connections that I'll invest my time in to feel they feel like they 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 reciprocate anything like any help they can do for me pretty much. So that's kind of like how I handle this. But I guess you're more extroverted. So you're that connector. You you connect yourself pretty much, you know? I just find it fascinating because this world is not my world, right? So yeah, yeah. like... But that's why, that's why I was really, curious because you got in and you got to meet some of the best people in the industry within eight months, which is quite impressive. I mean, I just, I'm just so fascinated by this world that I actually care about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, I want to learn. I'm hungry. I want to learn it. So if someone's willing to give me just a little bit of their time and talk to me about what they're doing, like that's cool, right? Because I have nobody to talk to about this. Because I think if you, as everybody knows, when you do this, like nobody understands you, right? Like none of your yep. friends or your family or anything. Like this is a different world. My, my mom so still it's like, thinks it's not going to work out, you know? My, my mom still doesn't believe this business can work. So <laughs> okay, explain this to her. My wife, like, my oh, wife was very supportive. And the other day, she's like, how much? We're doing our taxes, right? She's like, well, how much are uh, these expenses? And I told her, like, she was like, WTF. And I'm like, yeah. Would you mind I'm sharing like, how much you made with I your side? expenses, that means I have that much in income uh, over six figures. Okay, that's good enough for me. Like, you don't have to share. Nobody likes to share the exact number. So I think it's great. Can you give an idea of like how much traffic you get? Again, you can view, uh, you can view. Over seven figures. Per, <laughs> per year, right? Per year. Um, yeah. Last year I made more money doing this as, than as a lawyer. So okay. that's crazy, right? Yeah. In the US, it's really good, actually. And this is on the side. This is me doing this at night or when my kids go to bed. You how know, many hours? This is me. I'm working probably like 40 hours. Wow. I, I don't even know because it's fun for me. It's like, this is like you my hobby. You do 40 hours per week like, on your site plus your lawyer next to it. Oh, no. Oh, I probably, oh, I'm <laughs> like a month. Oh, okay. 40 hours a month. That's like, okay. how, what, uh, yeah, that's uh, like, what is that? I mean, I have a team now, right? So I do a lot more yeah. managing than anything. Like, I don't have the time I Great spend. Great transition. I love, I, yeah. <laughs> like, I have a team. I built my team. So What does your team look like these days? So... My team right now, I have a full-time VA that actually got mm-hmm. on Age Pro. Listen, this is how cool Age Pro is. Let me just tell you. <laughs> so somebody in Age Pro, I can't remember who it was, was like, hey, I have this VA, but he's awesome. He's really great. He, he lives in Macedonia, right? Okay. And so he's like, hey, but I, I don't have any room for him, right? So like I, I have, you know, whatever the terminology is. So... I was looking for a VA because at that point I was like, there's a lot of tasks I do over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing Kevin taught me. He's like, as soon as you can afford a, a VA, get a VA because the repetitive tasks just take time, right? So I found the guy, and this is hilarious. So I find the guy in Pro. we hit it off, we talk, or he gives me the name of the person, I e- email him, whatever. I hire him as part-time because all I can afford, right? And mm-hmm. so he's been with me for two and a half years now. Like now he's a full-time employee, Nice. I mean, not employee, but, and so. Yeah, he's a full-time freelancer, basically. Yeah, he's like mine, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm his main source of income. And like, we became really good, like we're really good friends now. Like, I've, I mean, he's been with me since the beginning, right? So and he's, and actually, he, he probably knows you? my website better than I do, you know, at this point, because he's having to fix so many, you know, I tell him, go fix all these things. He knows I do it really what fast. What does he do exactly for you? 
publishing now. He's mm-hmm. on my publishing. Like the initial round of publishing, I'm going to have to check it. He does link building for me. He's going to start doing my YouTube uploads. Just like time. It takes time, right? Yeah, all the all um, the time-consuming tasks, basically. I upload all my videos and my podcast to the website. That takes a freaking long time. He does all that now. So all I have to do is make the content. I mean, nice. so he's full-time. Okay. So yeah. Who else did you have on your team? So the first person... I ever hired. Well, I have I have a couple of writers, right? But we're not writing as much as we used to because we have over seven hundred articles right now. So it's like we're running yeah. out of stuff to write about. I mean, we can run a lot. Write about like new products and new. Don't write guys. more single reviews. Well, I might. I'm going to actually. You said that. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, um, I think you should check your revenue because the, uh, the CPC tends to be higher as well on uh, single reviews. Actually, I love ads because of the commercial. I mean, ads, I think more money in ads than affiliate. Like it's crazy. You know, like that was a game changer. Is ads. So, I want to go to monetization after, actually. But yeah, let's so stick to the um, team now. I have a full-time graphic designer now. I started with him two years ago. He's been part-time. He's worked for other people. And then I started a second brand last fall, and I needed my graphic designer more than part-time. So then I hired him full-time. So he does all my... He's freaking amazing. And so he does all my graphic design. He'll do some of my video work, like for short stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Light editing, I, I have a production team. They're freelance. I have a couple. I have a couple different like videographers I work with. Because you do have, you do podcasts, you do video, and you do written content, and also quite a bit of social media, right? Yeah, I have a social media person now. Like these uh-huh. are all things. What I'm trying to and like this is what I've come with. I've kind of learned the last like year is like the things that you can't get to that you need to. You got to find somebody to do it for you, or, or just don't yeah. do it. You know, like you can't just half-ass it. Like posting. Once I agree. Like, half half-assing stuff is the worst. You just might expend well resources without getting anything. You know, I'd rather make no money doing this and have everything yeah. working than do a half-ass job, make a little bit of money. It's like it doesn't. It's I I agree with you 100. That's why there's a lot of things we say no to as well because it's just like sometimes I don't even have. Like I just, we just always focus on like what make, we just look at our balance sheet with Mark and we look at what makes the most money. We're like, okay, let's double down on that, and then just keep doing that. And other than like, that, from you last uh, week when when I talked to you, because yeah. you're like, pick the one thing that's making you money and fill all your time on that. Because I'm spread out, right? Like, so it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, some of it's considered, uh, you know, marketing, right? But. You were saying that one thing I wanted to raise is like you said your VA was doing link building for you. How how what do you do for link building, and like what's working, not working? Well, I've done link building like freaking six months, pretty much. But I was doing a ton of it last fall. I know. (laughs) I did what you guys taught. I did a shotgun skyscraper. But what's happening though? I don't know. Did you see this? Like everybody's asking for money now. It's like ridiculous. Yes. It's like, oh my yes. God. Yes, it's, uh, it's one of these things like, I mean, we've mentioned it several times in the podcast. Like now we have some projects where we are experimenting with like paying versus other projects where we don't pay. So we get, I want to like get a real life experience of like the ben- risk versus benefits of the, of paying for links. Because my opinion is that Google is not punishing people who pay for links enough. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, I'm, 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 we've had this debate like so many times with Mark. Uh, I know like, like a million times, right? Because you guys are like, don't buy links. And some people are like, why not? Uh, and that's why, and, like and that's why, yeah. And that's why, you know, if you want to say that, you need to have that. Like, so we have like that one project where we buy links on right now. We don't buy links through services, etc. We do the normal outreach. No. We do all this stuff, but we just yeah. you know, negotiate the price if people really won't give it to you for free, basically. You know, and we pay. I like, always you know, negotiate though, because like they'll be like, oh, it's a hundred dollars. I'll give you thirty. 
Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like if someone's going to do that, I'll, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to give you, like, and it has to be a good link. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'm what, always on so the you, So you're paying for links sometimes, right? If I have to, if it's so worth have it you to found, me, it's not so. It's how not did you find your success website. rate improve from paying? Like, did you improve a lot? Like, is in my ranking or is in like, uh, like, uh, like people closing the let's deal? Say, let's say if you didn't just, pay for links. If you didn't pay for links, you got maybe like, you know, 4% of people or 3%, um, not even, probably even 1% of people who would say yes. And like, what percentage did you get from like saying, yes, okay, I'll pay for links? I bet you, oh, like how many people like, like on the yeah. initial email and they're like, oh, and they start, like, they start talking to you. And then the next thing they're like, oh, we charge for that. Or they give yeah. you some BS reason. Like it's like a mommy blog. They're not dumb. The mommy blogs are not dumb. They're just going to be. Like, I know, but like the thing is like, I like. You know, it's like in my head, it's like, well, even just adding your link to a page takes time from them. So it's like, why would they do this for you for free as well? You know what I mean? Like as yeah, a lawyer, I'm sure like, you don't do st- as a lawyer, you don't well, do free anybody, stuff for people, right? right? I mean, <laughs> if someone goes, hey, I want a link, right? Like now you have to have someone in your team do it or you do it. Now it's exactly. like it does no use for a brand or anybody, right? To give you a link for free. If like, I come if I come to you as a lawyer and I'm like, hey, I need some some advice. It's just going to take you five minutes. And I'm like, don't charge me for it. <laughs> and it's like, you'd be like, well, I'll probably, probably I'll charge you. Time. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's Sometimes like, it's, it's like I, I just feel like this is a, this is a bit of a, a problem in the sense that you are pro- like, you're still like, what Google, Google's idea is like, you know, we live in a little pony world and then people just like love to link to each other for free. But like once, given the power and the weight links have, it's like, it's quite hard to yeah, like, like a million years ago. Target change. Exactly. It's a, it's a little bit hard. So it's like, it's something that I'm really debating. And it's like, we're doing it on just that one project right now. But I am given how the lack of willingness from Google to actually punish paying for links. I feel the risk reward ratio now is, is weighted towards just paying for links, to be honest. That's my feeling. And it's yeah. like, it's not necessarily I mean, what I would like, but it's, it's, hard. it's also it's hard. probably a reality of the market, you know? I think I would say, let's say, let's say I email a hundred people, let's say I email a thousand people, right? Let's just say, uh-huh. I might get a hundred people to respond if I'm lucky, right? Let's say I get 50 yeah. people to respond. And I would bet you of those 50 people that respond, 47 of them want to get paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, now it's risk versus reward. It's like, well, I could go back and forth or, you know, that's a DR whatever. And it's, it's a legitimate site effort. You know what I mean? Like, how's it any different than doing Haro? And then you're like, oh, they want to, they want you to submit some kind of like information and yeah. you don't have time. So then you will pay your VA to do it or someone writes yeah, it yeah. fast. Like it's, how's it, di- like it's, it just like feels like this vision that Google has for the way people link to each other just is, is quite far from reality at this point. And it's, it's going to be hard for reality to catch back up to Google's vision, you know? So unless they just go yeah. back and they start massively punishing incentivized links, I just don't see it changing. I see it just keep going that way. It's just like people do pay for links. In well, the especially if you look at your competitors, right? If you're doing competitive Yeah, exactly. Research, like they just start like, outranking oh, got, you and you're like, they oh, got links yeah. from so-and-so, right? So you go, oh, uh, that, you know, come on, we know how to do SEO. So like you look at your competitors, you see who, who gives them their links, then you reach out to those people. That's like low hanging fruit, right? So yeah. you go to that, but then the person comes back to you and goes, hey, pay me. Well, it's like, obviously your competitor paid them because it's not like they didn't yeah, yeah. pay them because the, and for other sites like yours or, you know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, so it's almost like now what do you do? But it's not even just that. It's now, it like, can be some if, fake site though. Yeah, I mean overall basically, yeah, I think I think the reality of the market is that 
a lot of people pay for links and uh, it's becoming harder and harder to be the guy who doesn't pay for links. It's still possible, but you're really, you know, you're, you're fighting against the current of the river. You know, it's like, it's, it's very difficult. I want to talk about monetization because uh, you're doing yeah. some cool stuff on your site, actually. And uh, did you just start with Amazon like everyone? Like, did you just do Amazon initially? Yes, until they started jacking with the pricing. And yeah. like, I saw it too, you know, and I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I was like, I'm spending all the money <laughs> time. And then well, they're like, oh, of, we're going to knock it down. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, it's kind of bullshit, but like, in some niches, there's not that much better alternatives, you know? So it's kind of, uh, it's like, true. fair play from them. Like, it's like, if you it, go ahead, go and Google a bunch of FAQs, you'll see that most people still use Amazon, right? So it's, it's annoying, but I think they were actually over a lot of people are in, still using amazon exactly but you have i would done, say in the beginning you have like, done a good job i was over no? amazon yeah but like now if i check your page yeah, there's a lot of like two years ago how's that working out for you i mean okay here's the thing though when you have a bunch of different affiliate programs you're watering it down right so it's yeah. like the buyer has four choices now to buy that product and it's like yeah. you have all these different rates right how do you get paid out you know, at least Amazon, you can get paid out on other stuff. If I buy something from some golf store and they only buy one golf item, yeah, I might get 6%, but then it's like, be big deal. I bought a pack of balls. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to figure out what's right or wrong. Yeah, I agree. When it comes to that. We actually started using a tool called Affiliate that allows us to do some analytics on our on a lot of affiliate programs and really? it's like they have a good support team it's like you know even if you're working with like a small affiliate program or something they're just willing to like add it to the platform if you ask them like it's going to take a couple of weeks but they do that and it gives you like you know you're earning per thousand visitors per page per affiliate program and things like that so it gives you it gives you a mind uh heat map of where people click which affiliate links i click the most etc like they do some really cool stuff so i would suggest you maybe something you can is check it out. better than uh hot jar it's different because it's made for affiliate. So it actually plugs, it plugs your commissions in. Uh, and it just like, it calculates against revenue, you know, which is quite nice. And you'll find often like, that, it uses like API and it tells you what your revenues are. Either API or like there's some wonky CSV upload sometimes with your commission. So that it just like fits the data back in. So like every month you upload your CSV, it just fits the data back in. And you can look and, you know, often, for example, you'll find that it's not your pages with the most traffic that make you the most money, et cetera. And like which pages you should be pushing more, which pages are getting a lot of traffic, but not making you that much money, which link on the page is making you the most money versus, you know, all these little things like which things don't make you money. They also give you the broken products on Amazon, which is quite handy, to be honest. So I, I, it's not perfect. Like it's, it's quirky a bit, but you will get some interesting insights. We did a podcast that is not released at the time at which we're recording, but that will be released at the time of a site that I really, I really like how they did. Uh, I sent you the link actually, so you can check it out and we can uh, add it as a B-roll as well. Here you go. And uh, these guys, it's called the Hoops, the Hoops Kick. It's like a basketball site. If you check how they're doing multiple affiliate programs, it's quite smart because if you click on the link, they actually open a pop-up for every product and they say they show you the multiple options so that the, the layout is not that cluttered. And what they do as well is they show one main one with a big button and then they have like plus two stores or something and you click and it shows you the other one. So if you use something like uh, Affiliate or something to find which you know affiliate program is making you the most money for a given product, you can essentially make the major call to action that affiliate program and then put the other ones as that part of that opens. It's really smart how they do it. I might do a tutorial on how to do this in uh, Atari Hacker Pro actually because I think I've really liked how they do this. I haven't run obviously deep analytics on this. I found this not that long ago, 
But I think this layout is pretty cool, actually. So I don't know what you think, but uh, it's I pretty clean. It yeah, that's what I like. You know, it's like it's not on mobile, Super for example, clean. it's not overwhelming. There's not like five buttons on top of each other or something. But um, there's no so, ads on this. Like, oh yeah, no, there is. but it's not about ads. It's about affiliate. Yeah, like but the way they do affiliate yeah. is quite it's quite nice to be honest. Um, so overall, well, this is like, like mine. This looks just like mine. That's how mine is. If, it's if quite close. Yeah, it's thing. it's quite close. I think you have like a lot of buttons. I think no. Well, I, if you go to the product, so we built that out two years ago. So now my, I pull pricing in real time. So I'll nice. tell you who has the best price. So it's like you could either like, if you like a store and you go, like, oh, Amazon has it for this much, but so-and-so has it for that much. You can make the choice, right? Right then and there. Yeah, that's cool. You want to buy it from. So you're trying to save money or you're trying to get like Amazon, like whatever. That's kind of, so I kind of did that too with mine, right? It's like. Which then yeah. what happens is though, then I'll, on my back end, we have like almost 1,600 products now on the back end. Mm. So it's like, because each product has its own page. So, I mean, that's not what my, that's not what my normal, that's just a product level item. It's not a review. Is it built on WooCommerce or something? Yeah. Yeah, I can tell. How did that work when you implemented that? Did you feel a lift in, in revenue? It's hard to tell because last year was a very good year in golf. So, yeah, you know, like... I did. So here's what happened. And you know this, right? A lot of people in the group know about it. Well, my close friends do. Like I broke my site, right? Remember that yeah. when I broke my site? <laughs> like yeah. that happens. You can break your site and it's scary. So like in January of 19, I did something and break my site. And it literally took like seven months to fix. And it like, you know, you, so. You, you're, all your search traffic disappeared pretty much. Oh, like most of literally, it. Literally. Well, most of it. I mean, like it all came back. Here's what happened. I changed something on, I, when being a newbie, you know, you, I changed too many things at once on my site is what happened. And Google picked it up because they probably thought I was doing something shady, which I wasn't. And I think here, I did a lot of research on it. I think it put me in some kind of special bucket, which they test people, right? And so what they do, what Google was doing is like, I would be at like, you know, 400 people for, two weeks and then the next week I'd be at like 5,000 people for two weeks and then go back down to 400 mm, and it did this for seven months and it was like <laughs> no rhyme or reason like it didn't matter what I did that's that's when I met Kyle like I was like Kyle well, looked oh, at do it do you know what caused this? yeah I know exactly what caused it so what yeah, I told it? you what caused it I followed something you put on Facebook <laughs> that you had tested this tool to change the uh, the title tag right? you could change yeah, it was that's all no. it was. It was nothing crazy. It was like so. Was it was it AB uh, rankings that did that for you? I mean, all I did was there's a kind of there's a there was a plugin that you would that we that was working for you guys ah, tested that out. And, really? And I was, was like, it okay, the last yeah, updated I, plugin? The last updated one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back that's what you, you said it worked, and it, like you saw a slight bump instead of doing the published date, it would show last updated date, right? I that's have all like I sites did. that run that plugin, and it's like, dude, I've never seen. Dude, that, that's actually. what I did, and it okay, like that's, that's exactly like. Three days later, huh. that's when it all—that's when it all went to hell. Like wow. because I did to all my pages, though I'm not sure if I was supposed to do that. Like I did it for ah, you updated the date on all your pages at once or something. Yeah, once because <laughs> I was a <laughs> I was a dumbass. So I I didn't know I, I wasn't supposed to do that. You know, you know the article I mean? says like, like try to update the dates when you actually update your article. You know? This is <laughs> just well, I was dumb. Say. I was dumb. I messed yeah. up. Like I didn't okay. know. See, like. You can break your site, just the story. Okay. Like, don't do something dumb. So, yeah, oh, it I might mean, have been the what team were you using at that time? Were you still using newspaper? Oh, that was the old site, too. Remember the one that was all jacked up? You guys all made fun of me about. 
Yeah. The one where so it's like it's possible that you had some like schema that was doing some weird stuff in your team or something. Okay, here's the other thing. Right, I'll just tell you some more stories. So like yeah. I hired somebody off of like Fiverr, right? When I when I wanted to build <laughs> always out, a good like, idea. Bad idea ever. Right. <laughs> so like, so when I wanted, to, I'm on V four. Wait, hold on. I'm on V3 of my site now, right? V1 mm-hmm. was the newspaper theme. V2 is, you know, I had this really big grand scheme and I wanted to build it out, like all this cool stuff. And so I hired a developer that looked like an okay developer from, from somewhere from, you know, India or something. I don't remember where he was from. And so, and he was nice and he did a good job, but like, Apparently the coding was garbage. I didn't know that. And then Jenner looked at it and he's like, "What's up with your sorting tool? Remember that?" And then I called my sorting tool to Jenner after that because for six months he told me to get rid of it and I didn't do it. And then uh-huh. as soon as I got rid of it, guess what happened? Everything started working yeah. better. So yeah. I, I, like I don't know. I don't know how much you can blame the last updated plugin. I've never heard of anyone that that got like. Well, that's what triggered it, though. Like that's when it all Maybe. happened, right? You when know I, what? You know what probably happened. What probably happened is you had some shit on your site, and Google didn't recrawl it. Like they just, you know, they they do what I call a lazy recrawl. Well, they'll just recrawl like the content, but they won't recrawl the entire code. And because you updated the date, Google's like, oh, there's some new content on that page. Let me recall all of this. And they found all the new <laughs> stuff that the new shit that you had on your site, and then they just like it was like not new. It was like all I, oh my god, dude, it was so dumb. Yeah. Well, that and my oh, the Jenner. So when then I had the Jenner. I didn't want to get rid of V2, right? I was that stubborn. I was like, I spent all this money building out V2. Blah, yeah, blah, how much blah, did you blah. spend on this? So I didn't change it. Oh, all my money that year, pretty much. Like, uh. trying to figure it out. And then finally, I was like, screw it. I'm like, I'm getting rid of the Jenner. And I'm getting rid of the whole entire site. I'm starting from scratch. I did everything, dude. I went on private server. Like, so, like, I got off of whatever. I was on. Yeah. And, yeah, I got a private server now, like one of Kyle's friends, home server company or whatever. So I went on his, like his thing. Like, oh, I also found that the server I was on, though, was on a bad neighborhood. Like, I tried to figure out everything. Ooh. Like, I had gambling okay. sites and all kinds of crap <laughs> on mine. So I was like, no, I thought that maybe that was it. Like, when something breaks on your site, you that's can't a good tell thing what it in was a way. Exactly right. Yeah. It makes because you feel awesome. fig- It makes you learn, like, it makes you grow, right? If it didn't break, you would never have changed it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I pretty much wiped the entire site. I kept the articles and Jenner was like, Hey, you need to republish those art. Like you need to publish those articles in like clean HTML. You know what I mean? You can't have like, you can't import it all in cause you don't know if something's janky yep. in there. So you're like, going to get all the thrive tags in there, et cetera. It's going to be, yeah, nice from the stuff. old stuff. Right. So then yep, it yep, ended yep, up yep. taking, I bet it take two months to move over to the new site, like new site. But then it took another seven months to like get it done. You know what I mean? Because there's all these like auditing and auditing and auditing and like fixing it and whatever. I mean, so like that, it was worth it. Trust me. Like, I mean, what happened when you fixed everything? Like, how quickly did you recover your traffic? It was, it recovered, like, it started recovering right away. And then what happened was it was funny because then, like, six months later, it was right around Christmas time. And this is in 19. And all of a sudden it did it again. I didn't touch my site. So nothing, had, it wasn't like there was any changes. And it was mm-hmm. like, but I didn't freak out this time. And I remember reading somewhere like, just don't do anything. Let it do its thing. So like it lasted for seven days and then went right back up. So I was like, whatever. You know, and that was the last <laughs> time it happened. But okay. it was still well, like, I was about crossed, to freak right? out. Yeah, I was about to freak out. Cause I was like, that's like the most debilitating feeling in the world. You know, when mm-hmm. you have your site and you're all excited about it and then now it doesn't like, you're not getting any traffic and you didn't do anything wrong. 
like I think it's it's like know? it's something that you will always experience in your career as well. That's why it's interesting to talk about this because most people will one day experience some kind of like negative effect from a Google update or from a technical change they've done to their site, etc. It happened to all of us, right? I mean, you guys literally saw this happen to us on Health Mission, for example. Like I have, I have people fall. Yeah, right. It uh, totally like, went away. Essentially, it's like, like it ha- it happens. It's like it's something that will happen to you several times in your career. The thing is, like as you get more experience, you just learn to deal with it better, I guess. And, what I've uh, done... I think you've done a good job. I think I think you kind of like... If I remember, you were freaked out at the beginning. You didn't know what to do, etc. Oh but my God, so eventually, eventually, you sorted it out and you went through it. But I think, you know, it's like it was one of these... Uh, like a natural selection point, I would call, for this industry, where, you know, some people would be like, oh, fuck this, and just leave the industry and never come back. But you actually went through this, and I think that uh, you did a good job overall fixing things, and obviously it's working really well right now, and, and it was worth... Yeah, I mean, my traffic this, between know? 19 and 20 went up, like, 100%, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I look at all my numbers every... Like, my traffic's gone up 100% almost every year, right? And, like, wow. 100% is a lot. It's like, yeah, you know, like, last... Especially when like, you're already making like six figure plus with your site. It's like, it's not, it, it counts, you know, it's like it, if you grow a hundred percent from that, that's a lot, you know? I mean, yeah. So like this, so one thing I think has been helping my site is like, I've worked with a lot of brands at this point. I've worked with over mm-hmm. 120 golf brands. So like I have a lot of legitimacy, right? Because yeah. I like work with these Can brands. Can we talk about that actually? I think it's a good transition. Sure. Let's just talk about like, that's a perfect, I like how you do all my transitions in that podcast. Thank you very much. Well, you um, sent me that email. You said, hey, do all my transitions for me. Yeah, uh, you're much better than me. I think you should, I should just like put clips of you doing transitions in podcasts with me. No, and I Mark, want, you know, oh, that'd be that, hilarious. That'd be, that'd be a lot smoother. Um, my head will pop up like, in your transition. Uh, like, yes. Ask this question. You just pass by. But, uh, <laughs> Bye. I fly to Hungary and I just go like, I hold a sign like a boxer and I just go like. Exactly. With the little bell or something. Anyway, you <laughs> did start with Amazon and now you say you're working with brands. What do you mean by you're working with brands, first of all? I'd like to understand what that means and how you're making money from this. I work with like manufacturers, like the people that uh-huh. make the product. Like, And what do you do with them? I, like what, what work do you do with them? So I do reviews with them. I do unboxing videos for YouTube with them. They send me tons of product. I have tons of product here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to do more like... I have on my podcast, like, you know, high level people, not like, oh, it's the guy who works in a warehouse, right? It's like so the CEO you're, you're of kind like of like Global Golf or somebody. Yeah. You're moving more towards like kind of like a bit of an influencer in the niche, pretty much. Like you're using your website's traffic to to try to become like, uh, like, you know, you, you're deviating towards that, but mixing that with your site, pretty much. So a year ago, here's the other thing. Here's, I'm thinking it was a pause life, life lesson. You never know who you're talking to. Right, like mm-hmm. you never do. So you could probably think like, "Oh, this is some little crappy brand that no one's heard of." I treat everybody the same. If it's a small band, mm-hmm. brand, I don't care. And I and so, you know, I I met somebody who had a small brand, some little product. I reviewed it on the website. I didn't do any YouTube back then. I reviewed on the website. We became friends. Finds out like he's super wealthy, like super, super, super wealthy, and he like. Is partners with a bunch of P, like a bunch of PGA players, right? I didn't know that. Cool. I just treated him like some dude, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, so but 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 because I did a solid for him, which I had, I just know there's no strings attached, right? It was just me doing a review on my site and trying to sell his product. Now he's like, hey, you need to go to the PGA show, and the PGA show is like the event for golf. It's every year. It's in Orlando. It's like the event. It's like a square mile under concrete. You know, of every golf brand, every whatever. So he's like, I want to treat you to the PGA show. I want to pay for you to go. 
I was like, holy nice. crap, I would never go to that because it costs like 10 grand, right? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. That opened a lot more doors because I had already worked with all these other people. I had become friends with them over email and stuff. So going to something like that, now I like connected with those people, which then allowed me to like meet more people. And like, so that it accelerated my growth, you know, because nice. I was able to work with senior people at all the brands. But now, like, they pay with, like, the you to do the boys. reviews? Like, do they pay you to write out No, I don't charge them. So you like, no, do, and do you that's make money I differ from, from everybody else. Yeah. Because like, people buy their products from my website. Right. Okay. So you're an affiliate. So basically. like I do it differently. I don't kind of somebody like, Hey, you want me to review your blah, blah, blah. It's be $2,000. Mm-hmm. Like here, newsflash. Guess what? Nobody wants to pay $2,000. So like, if you say, I want to charge you money up front, they'll never, if they do pay you, then you'll never become friends with those people. They'll be like, oh, we yeah, fair enough. To. And they're like, oh, you're just that guy that want to make money from them, basically, initially. That's, I've never treated my brand like that. So I've always done, I always use the money I made to make more content. So whether mm-hmm. I had to go buy that product or I got it for free, I still made the content, right? So that's kind of how I was able to like, I worked with a lot of brands, like a lot, a lot. But I, I want to go back to the money cool. here. How do you make money from this? Do you, is this an affiliate agreement? Like do you get a commission per sale? Affiliate and ads. Like, okay. Those are the main drivers. Okay. But what they do is they and send like, you like, products. You know, special affiliate deals. I have exclusive discounts like, pretty substantial mm-hmm. discounts on products that are super expensive. So it's like they only give it to me and maybe like four other people, you know? So it's like, that's cool. kind of, it's yeah. not like, Oh, so, Amazon, like Amazon's like yeah, a small yeah, yeah. crack. I probably make less than a thousand dollars a month on Amazon. Like because everything else is spread out. Yeah. So you're mostly focused on these kind of like, I would call it almost like private affiliate offers. Would that be a correct, a correct private deals? Let's just say that. I feel like my bread and butter uh-huh. It's like the regular affiliate offers from like, you know, any of the ones that you can get. Amazon, okay. eBay, Rakuten, you know, Commission Junction, all those, right? Those, that's like, let's say it's a third, right, of my uh-huh. income. I say a third comes from ads. And I think the other third comes from random, either affiliate, special affiliate offers or whatever. You know, How do you promote these special affiliate offers? Like, is this just content on your to site? Email or you just, yeah, I was going to say. So you're running email marketing, site. right? Yeah, so people, exactly. So people will, I'll put on the article sometimes, like, hey, you want to, like, we'll write an article, right? And they'll rank, like a single review, like you're saying. And then it'll be like, yeah. oh, guess what? You can buy it from these four retailers. Oh, but the manufacturer says you can buy it for $50 off or $25 off, right? Which is better than all these retailers because they gave me a special deal. Here's the link, right? So like yeah, that converts better than buying it from Amazon. So some people go, well, why don't you just put, the special offer only. I'm like, because I want people to see it's a special offer. You need right? to encode the price. So, yeah, so all the other prices. Is so like, I'm yeah, just exactly. like, yeah. So it's like, here's all the real prices in real time, right? I'm not making yeah. this up, you know? And so it's like, and it, I don't blast it out. It's like, I have a line that says, here's the best offer. I'll do a pop-up on that page and be like, yeah, hey, that's you guys want the best price. Here it is, yeah. you know? You know what I used to do? Um, like, I mean, it's something that I see in H Pro actually, where it's like, you know, like, let's say you, when you promote high paying like courses or some stuff that, you know, stuff that pays like high commission, like 50 to 75%, they often give you a coupon to promote, right? Like they give you like a lower price that you can promote. And most people, when they write a review, they just blast that all over the page right away, you know? Whereas what I do is I put the full price and I put an exit pop up. So when people are about to leave uh, and on mobile, it's when they start scrolling up. So it's like triggering the exit intent. 
I put like kind of like a discount pop-up that's like, you know, making it look like a time-limited deal or something. And the conversion rate on this is absolutely crazy because you have anchored the price, the higher price, and then it, it feels like a deal. Whereas if you open the page and the price is low already, it just feels like this is the price and it's a yes or no. Whereas there's more urgency when it's framed as something scarce as a discount. So I think that you're doing the right thing, actually. So do you think... Yeah. I know you told me before I use Opt-in Monster, right? Like that's yeah. your pop-up. Uh, it's better program. for analytics. Yeah, that's why. I don't, I've been using Elementor. Elementor yeah, tell you anything. Zero it stats. does it. Yeah, know? it doesn't tell you anything. So it's like, like well, okay. It doesn't tell you anything. It just does it, right? But I, yeah. I, I like yesterday I was going to make, so I have a contest on my site right now where uh, I'm working with one of the brands. They're giving a, like a year supply of golf balls, right? So nice. it's like, you know, we're doing a special giveaway just with them. I don't do it. I mean, all I have to do is just put it on my website, right? And like, we'll get people to enter. But I was trying to figure out how to, I was like, literally on the fence about going to opt in Monster and be like, well, you know what? Mitch just get off Element for You know, if you want something that's like not a subscription and, and has the stats, I would check Convert Box. It's a one off. I think it's like 300 bucks or something, but you never, you don't, you won't pay a subscription and you'll get the AB testing, et cetera. The only drawback will be that your design options will be a bit more limited than opt in Monster. But it's probably worth the trade-off for not paying a subscription if you're mostly going to be using this for that, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Elementor is great. It's just that because like, they have all the options, right? When you do, like, every yeah. option in an Elementor thing is in It's super nice. It's it like, looks super know? nice. Yeah, but you don't know what's working. But it's like still, it's almost, it's still a little box. So it's like how much, yeah, yeah. how many things are you going to put in there? And not just know? that, but like, like uh, the site we saw, like, it's, it's like a year and a half or something ago. It's like we were making a lot of our money through pop-ups and even running A-B tests. So, for example, we get two brands that offer a discount, right? And um, the question was like, okay, which one makes more money? And we just run this as an A-B test with like a um, tracking ID on each affiliate link so to know it's the pop-ups. It's not like the reviews or something that generated the sales. And then we wouldn't necessarily rely on the A-B testing data or the pop-up plugin. We'd just look at how much each affiliate ID has made I would make sure it's served like 50-50. It would tell us which offer is best to put in our pop-up. And we, you know, very often an offer would be the other one by like 30-40% or something. And we'd just then roll that out as the main offer to beat or something. And then if we want to take a test another another offer, we'd just run another A-B test where it's like 80% would be the offer that won the last test, and 20% would be the offer that's contesting it, that we're trying against it. And if the revenue of the, the challenging the challenger offer was more than 20%, of the other, the main offer, then we would swap it and then uh, confirm it pretty much. So you, it gives you the opportunity to like optimize that. And I mean, we've made a lot of money with these kind of pop-ups in the past. And it's just having the testing capability. It's really, there's a lot of money that you're leaving on the table if you don't do it, basically. So the thing I've I, learned too yeah. is the piggy, like, and I've been talking to like the, my ad company, right? That runs the ads. I use Media yeah. Vine right Media now. Media Vine, right? Yeah, it's because like you have to have over. Well, back then it was like thirty five thousand, I think, and did it yeah. get into it. And then Kevin was like, "You want to go on Thrive, but I didn't have a hundred thousand yet." So I was like, "Well, Mediavine." Actually, Mediavine Media is close enough Vine. to be honest. Yeah, it's it's about the same stats. Uh, like, like I've had know, a RPM is pretty close, and it's like they give you a yeah. they bump you up five percent every year. You stay with them, and like I actually got when I did the uh, advertising blueprint on HPro, I, I got a bunch of members send me their stats, right, both from Mediavine and that's right. It allowed me to compare, I think like I had like 40 sites or something that run like a bit of both. And really the stats were quite close. Like it was within a few dollars uh, all the time. And some Mediavine sites would make more money than that Thrive, et cetera. So that's why it's really good. We use that to 
But I don't think you're losing out that much on Mediavine. The one where you're probably losing out, I would say, is Ezoic, actually. Ezoic is definitely a great below Mediavine and Adstrive. But I think you're fine. But you still can get an Adstrive without 100,000, right? Adstrive is 100,000 for your first site. But then later, like, you can even have sites, if you're already in, you can have sites. I had a site with, like, 15,000 that got in, for example. Because it's, oh, because you, you already, already had have sites site. that knew who you were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's, like it's hard for the first yeah. one. But after that, you can kind of roll out a small network once you're in, and you can put your sites quite early in. Anyway, less than 15k visits per month, like you don't don't even bother with ads. It's just not going to make you that much money. So you once you're in, you can kind of keep rolling with it. You just need that one site that uh, that is in, basically. But do you think I should switch though, or just leave it? No, I don't think it's uh, very important. I don't. Not I think it. you might make a little bit more, but it's going going to be marginal, you know. It's just not worth it. I have, I'm actually really happy. You have other with things you can do, mind. right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and like they're really nice, and they get on your stuff like right away. Like you just I am them, yeah. like, hey, I noticed blah blah blah, and they're on it like right away, and they're so nice. So like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to plug them, but I'm just like really impressed by them. But what they yeah, said though is like equally good. Yeah. Like I mean, most sites like mine, you know, like you all have a sidebar, right? And so yeah. before what I was doing is I had. I'm going to ask this question too. Do you still think like the table of contents on the right-hand side even matters anymore? You know what I'm talking uh, it about? It doesn't look like, like Google is picking up that much on them anymore. You know, before they It was for a little bit. Remember that? And it was like putting yeah. it in the, like all my articles have it. But it's a lot of real estate, you know, on your sidebar, especially when it yeah. comes to ads. Like, you know, now your ads are being pushed down to like the middle of the page. And like the way you get paid is the per view yeah, right so like I, I don't think it's that i mean we don't have it on i'm um, like look at auto hacker for example we don't have it right i mean no we like have the site, other but, sites but like even do some you guys other sites, do that? you no, do use I it mean, still no, no not so much like we don't we don't it's like it's not something that's like very important for me like you know i'm doing the on-page blueprint now for h pro right and i haven't put it in there i don't think it's that is that important what matters is like it well, was two have, years ago I remember that. Like, that's what everyone was talking about. And like, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of, if you check a lot of fit size, they have it, right? But it's kind of like, I feel like it's an imitation thing where it's like people imitate everyone else without necessarily like questioning whether it's actually helping or not, you know? I don't think people are clicking the side and being like, oh, what's this article about? Oh, I'm going to talk. Like, just scroll down for two seconds. You're going to see what yeah. the article's about. The you thing know. as well is my observation is that very long content is a little bit less good than it used to be, you know, maybe two, three years ago. And this was quite handy for very long content so that you could scroll down to the section that interests Oh, it was you. really, really, really long ones. Yeah, whereas now it's yeah. like, a, you know, I mean, if you look at our content production, like most of our stuff is like, you know, 2,000 words maybe, which is long, but not crazy long. Like people can scroll to the part they want or something. And also the problem with these sidebar I totally uh, type of contents anyway is that on mobile they're useless. Like they don't exist. And yeah, you turn mobile. it off anyways. You don't even have it. Yeah. So it's like, you just so have it's like you know, what percentage of your traffic is mobile, anymore? you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason why I'm asking this question is because like I was talking like my the media behind and they're like, hey, you know, we noticed you have, like they didn't say anything about the table of contents, but they're like, you know, yeah, they're like to be high I off, could yeah. do more ads on the side. And I was yeah. like, Yeah, and I had what I had was a table of contents and then I had a ebook, right, that I was trying to get emails from. And then I after that I had a like a ad slide thing that I came up with just for my articles, like, hey, get twenty dollars off of this product and then take it to the article, which I still want to keep that, but it's like all those I'm thinking almost get rid of like some of that stuff. I mean, well, I did last night actually. I got rid of the ebook thing because I'm like, be careful of touching your site up uh, a little bit too fast. You know, we know we know what happened when you when you do big changes to your site. Why switch servers? <laughs> my, I filled up my server last week. That's Ooh. what the fu- crazy thing is. And so my uh, VA was like, "Hey, bro, 
uh, I'm getting this error because he couldn't put anything on the. F-. He's like, uh, "What does it mean?" And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know." And so then I told my server yeah. guy, "I'm like, what does this mean?" And he's like, "Oh, you're full." I'm like, "He's like, remember this conversation last year?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah." And then I ended up having to buy a bigger server, Fair which enough. was. But okay, I, mean, I would like to wrap up the interview with two questions. The first one is, what has been the most impactful tactic? for your site in the last year? What has been the thing that has helped you the most in terms of making money or ranking higher, basically? I would say uh, one thing is picking brands that you like and getting links from them. Like, you know, if I write an article, I always go back to the brand, the actual brand. And say, how do you, hey, how do you get them article. to link to you? Well, I give them like the link to the article, and if I do a if I do a video with it too, like a YouTube video, like it's good because now they're gonna want to show the video and the article, and just mm-hmm. like you know, so for me, it's like getting the link. I have a lot of brand links, and those are hard to get, and especially yeah. like they're kind of lazy, so you have to like know the right people because they have to go tell that right person, and so that's one thing that's really helped me a lot this year, or at least in but last. But what do you year, tell them? You just say, before. "Hey, here's my article. Will you link to it?" Well, they already know I'm writing the article for them. Right, because they okay. sent me a product, so I'm like, and we're we're a hundred percent unbiased. Like we're not in anybody's pocket, and so like, you know, they know that. So pretty much, here's my here's my my deal with these brands. They're not paying me, so I don't have any like loyalty to them. So like, yeah, yeah. I, and they don't want me to. And they don't want me. To, I always tell brands, look, I'm not gonna bash you, right? Like, obviously, if you come to market and you're selling a bunch of them, it's not complete garbage, right? Because no one would be buying it. So I'm not looking for a problem or something like that, but. They'll they trust that, and then, but I'm not going to change my opinion. So what I will do is we'll publish the article. We'll send it back to the brand. And be like, here's the article. We will change anything that's not um, true. Yeah, technically correct, but I won't change yeah. opinions or rankings. I've had definition. brands be like, oh, can you rewrite this and fix that and give us a new yeah. idea? I say no, and then I publish it anyways. And I never talk to that brand ever again because I've already told them in the beginning I wasn't going to do that. So yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. if they're going to be DBs, and I'm not going to deal with that. Fair enough from them for trying. Like it's like if it was my brand, I would still try. <laughs> but uh, no, I wouldn't talk enough. to you anymore. Then that'd be bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll watch what you publish about us. We'll see. We'll see about it. My next question is: Well, now you start in like 2018, right? Kind of like end of 2007, January 1st, 2018, right? So it's like 18, 19, 20, 20. So you're four years in, right? What would you f- tell? I just started my fourth year. Uh, what would you tell? to someone who is listening to this podcast and is in the position you were in in 2017? Like, what is something that you would say that you did that they shouldn't do? And what is something that they should really do like that you learned from experience? Follow tasks. Don't write single reviews because unless you're, because it's a long term. It took me two years before I started getting, I had enough traffic to get ads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it has to be consistent. It can't be like, oh, God. You know, this many, this, I mean, 35,000 by August, that's the peak of golf season, right? So, like, yeah, I had to yeah, wait yeah. Then it went down six after more that, months yeah. before it was like getting cool. So, it's almost like, you know, spend the time on the buyer guides if you can and the info content. Another thing is a real, was a game changer for me was Pinterest. I, Kevin told me that. Miles Beckler talked about it. You guys talked about it. So, that's one thing I like focus on early. And that's a really good way of getting traffic in the beginning because I was yeah, getting I more so. traffic. Like the first four months, I was getting traffic from Pinterest. Like that's where my traffic was coming from. It wasn't coming yeah. from organic, you know, because I, I was brand new. But it, I feel like it kind of let Google know like, hey, this is a real site, right? Because it's getting traffic on all cool. these articles.
articles. And yeah, stuff. and Pinterest is like a social network um, that really drives traffic. Even though there's bigger social networks, etc., Pinterest sends a lot of traffic to your site, which is quite nice. Is it still big and for if you, Pinterest? And you're a dude, you? right? And you're like, oh, yeah, I still have yeah. it. Like, you know, the guys are like, I'm not on Pinterest. That's a girl's thing. No, dude. Like, people are on Pinterest. Like, you want to be on Pinterest. They'll be on Pinterest. Like, I use, um, I still have it. I, I use, uh, what's that program called? Tailwind? The main one. I can't. Tailwind, yeah. You know, that's one of my main softwares that I use is Tailwind. Just yeah, for that. Right. And they actually, Tailwind's great because now you can do repos, which is awesome. Yeah, and they have the tribes, etc., where like people repost your stuff and you post Kevin there, does tribes and he dominates on it. I tried doing tribes and I couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> I we need know. to get Kevin on the podcast then. Uh, I'll, I'll Let's call him right now. I fight no, 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 no. <laughs> Kevin, uh, what do like, you do with tribes? He, maybe, maybe we'll do that. Maybe I should do a live with him. That'd be more interesting. Like we can like share screen, etc. Okay, <laughs> you guys can review my site live and rip it apart like you did three years ago. That would be interesting. Maybe we should do that actually. Anyway, any final words for people who are listening to this podcast? Any tips for them? I think I, I'm really happy you shared your thing about the mentors, etc. Because. I think that's something a lot of people could do better and could get a lot of benefits from and that you've done quite well. Like, yeah, I can tell you're that personality that is able to connect with people, both with brands, with mentors, etc. And you've used it well to progress and to make your journey. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be quite interesting for people. But any last words for them? Learn on page SEO. Uh-huh. I would recommend that. I, I love it. It works. I mean, you just got to figure it out. What else? I mean, don't be afraid to start. That's it. Just go head first mm. into it. I'll give you an example. Like, I did that contest yesterday and I posted it and I sent it to the brand. The brand's like, oh, you got to take that. You got to take that image down because those are old, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But like, had I not just, if I just waited around, took forever to post it, then we wouldn't have like figured it out that fast. You know what I mean? Like, you just have to go head first. And I mean, I don't know. And be, you're not going to make any money. You won't make money for at least six months. And just, at the beginning. It's a long I hope someday plan, they make money. Right? Just but think yeah. of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, I mean, yeah. you're not going to make money for six months. That's what I tell people. Like, hey, it's six months before you start seeing money. Unless you want to run I, take ads people, I, I tell people a but, year, actually. I tell, like, just to be safe. Like, you know, some sites don't make money. I think I made $700, like, the first year I was in it. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, you know, it pays you know for some I mean? costs, like, but you're not making money. No. And yeah. it was, But you look at it, it's like my growth was, like, crazy right i mean like let's say 700 dollars first year and then i made like you know whatever 10 the second year you know and then the third yeah. year i'm not gonna tell you how much i made but i made a lot like 10x <laughs> that right so it's almost okay. like but you see it's like you just it always yeah it's not linear yeah it's not linear and the other thing is don't take like your money from your site and be like oh i'm gonna go buy some crap like take that money and reinvest it in the site. Like just keep on reinvesting, keep on reinvesting and, and treat it like an asset because that's yeah. essentially what it is. Like I, Gail and I talked about it last week. Like I know my site's worth right now. I have no reason to be selling it. I'm not going to, but it also gives you a lot of street cred. You know, if you have a site that's yeah, right. it gives you confidence in what you're doing. For that traffic. Yeah, exactly. Huh? We were talking about this, how like a lot of brands, e-commerce sites in the golf niche would love to get as much traffic as you get. Pretty much. And it's like they pay a lot of money on AdWords to get a lot less. I have a conversation with brands all the time. I'm always like, you guys can't do what we do as, a, as like authority sites. Like you can't. Google doesn't treat you the same way. Like if you're an e-com, you're not going to be able to rank possible. the same stuff we want. We've done it before. Well, I've like, um, seen, I when know, we had I've the been agency. I'm going to do our yeah. stuff. Yeah, when we had the agency, we were doing that for brands and, and we got good, uh, good The only thing that pisses me off is like some brands are trying to do buyer guides now on their sites. Yeah. And They're I'm right. Like, oh, it makes good money. 
Anyway, I just want to close this podcast here. It's been quite a long one. Paul, thank you for coming. Finally, I'm happy we recorded that podcast. It wasn't easy, but it was really good. So thank you for that time. And uh, if you guys enjoyed this video and this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And we'll see you next week with Mark. So bye. Bye.